Well, what a wonderful privilege it is to be a church family where we can dedicate our children to the Lord, and I pray that we take that responsibility seriously as members of the body of Christ together, that we would support our families, support the children, pray for them, love them, help them, and uh, we're all, you know, we're all in this together, aren't we? We are all in this together. So let's pray, and we're going to uh, jump into John 15 together this morning. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being part of your body, of being a member of your family. And I pray this morning as we look at John 15, and as we look at the promises that are given to us here, that we'd enter into what you have for all of us, for each person. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you continue to speak to us this morning just as you have been already. I thank you for the beautiful time of worship we've enjoyed together, and I pray that that would continue as we look at Scripture. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence here. And may you have your way. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to John 15. It will also be on the screen. But I do encourage you to bring your Bible to church. It's good to be able to underline things, write in the margins. It's a good thing to do. But it will be on the screen for those who don't have a Bible, or if you have your phone, you can follow along there as well. John 15, we're going to read from verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Let's jump down to verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends." You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant or a slave does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Let me read that again. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends, for everything that I learned from my Father, 
I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will remain, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Lord, we thank you for this word, and we pray that you would add your wisdom and your understanding to it in Jesus' name. Amen. So as Linda mentioned, we're in a series called Naturally Supernatural. We're just doing this for three weeks. This is week number two. And this is really just about exploring how in our ordinary daily lives, our ordinary daily existence, we can walk in the the Holy Spirit. We can walk in the supernatural promises of God. And so last Sunday, we explored some of the biblical and theological promises that relate to the Holy Spirit. We looked at what Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would do in us and through us. Now, we're going to recap those in just a moment, but from Galatians 5, if you can remember, we looked at Galatians 5, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we looked at this promise that Paul gives to us that as we learn to walk in the Spirit, that as we learn to walk in the Spirit, we will grow in Christ. So these two things are related. Learning to walk in the Holy Spirit leads to our growth in Christ, in Christ-likeness. We will overcome, he says, the power of the flesh, which is at constant war against the soul. Anyone give an amen to that? Um, And we'll produce the fruit of the Spirit. Now, remember, it is the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of our best efforts, not the fruit of our righteousness, not the fruit of our holiness. It's the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, the Spirit grows as we learn to walk in and rest in and trust in the power and presence of the Spirit of God. The fruit grows as we learn to, as Paul says, uh, follow the lead of the Spirit or keep in step with the Spirit. So he he uses two different terms, walk in the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. So we learn to walk in the Spirit of God, trusting in the presence and power of the Spirit and to keep in step with that, to not run ahead of the Holy Spirit, um, but to trust in the Spirit's leading. Okay, that's the promise right? So how do we do that? How do we walk in the Spirit? How do we keep in step with the Holy Spirit? It's easy to say, walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, but how do we do it? And so that's what I would like to explore this morning, how we walk in the Spirit, what that looks like. Now, I don't want this to be theoretical, so we're going to do some things together. We're going to try some exercises together, not physical exercises, you're not going to be doing star jumps or whatever, some spiritual exercises together, just to kind of get used to some of this. Um, Some of this might be very familiar to you, some of this might be new. So I'm just going to ask you to be open, to be willing, to uh, be willing to engage, and trust that as we do that together, God is going to uh, move among us in some really beautiful and profound ways, I think. Um, so I'm going to need your help with this, this sermon this morning. I'm going to need you guys to engage with me. Is that okay? That's all right. Turn to the person next to you and say, that's okay. I can do that. I'm not going to ask anyone to come up on stage and speak, uh, but we're, we're going to do some, this will be just a little bit different. We're going to do some exercises together. Again, I don't want this to be just theoretical. I want us to take some practical tools away that we can use uh, in our daily lives. Now, I have v- three very simple points to explore today, which are drawn out of our reading from John 15. I'm going to get to those 
in a moment. But I just want to mention, I think John 15, uh, and I encourage you to, uh, through this week maybe, just go back to this reading as your devotionals for this week and just sit in John 15. Just read what Jesus says here. Spend some time meditating on these words. We can't explore everything that's here this morning. Uh, I mean, John 15 is so rich. We could spend weeks in it uh, on its own. So I just want to pull out a few simple points from the passage, but I encourage you to use this uh, this chapter in your devotions this week. I think it will bless you. But in terms of understanding what it means to walk in the Holy Spirit, I think John 15 is one of the most helpful passages that we have. Um, and I think it relates actually to what Paul teaches in Galatians 5. Although Jesus is using slightly different language, I think he means exactly what Paul teaches in Galatians 5, or perhaps maybe I should put it the other way around, that what Paul teaches in Galatians 5 is really another way of speaking about what Jesus is saying in John 15, that if you want to keep growing in Christ, if you want to grow in Christ-likeness, if you want to actually follow Jesus, which means be obedient to His commands and follow His way, uh, if you're going to grow in these things, if you're going to become more like Him, which is really just a way of expressing the fruit of the Spirit, since I think, I think the fruit of the Spirit is simply a description of Christ-likeness. You know, if we're going to imagine what Christ is like, well, we have uh, Galatians 5, that beautiful list of all the fruits of the Holy Spirit is a description of Jesus and is a call, there, therefore, to what we're becoming as followers of Jesus. Um, So if you're going to grow in these things, you're going to need to learn to walk in the Spirit. But the language Jesus uses here is abide in me, remain in me, right? And then do what I tell you, follow my commands. It's the same thing as saying walk in the Holy Spirit is to abide in the presence and power and promise of the Holy Spirit and then do what the Spirit leads you to do, right? It's the same thing because remember we explored last week, the Spirit of God, is the Spirit of Christ, is the promise of the Father. If we're in the Spirit, then we are in Christ. If we're filled with the Spirit, then we're filled with Christ. If we're following the lead of the Spirit, we're following the lead of Jesus. Are you with me? We believe in the Trinity. We We hold to Trinitarian theology, so we don't divorce the work of the Spirit from the work of Jesus. It is the same thing in our lives. If we can learn to abide and rest and walk in the Holy Spirit, we are learning to remain and rest and and walk in the promises of Jesus. Now, it's literally, friends, it is literally impossible to do this any other way. I mean, you can grit your teeth and white-knuckle it for a while, do your best to produce these things, but after a while, if you're doing this in your own strength, you'll just get exhausted and you'll flame out. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I think we know that we're not walking in the Spirit when it just becomes a chore, when it's just just a hard slog. Now, sometimes faithfulness is a hard slog, but there is a promise here that as we rest and abide in the Spirit of God, we'll find a strength that enables us to continue to grow in these things. If we're just doing this in our own strength, trying really hard to produce something by our own power, well, we just get exhausted and we end up frustrated, and we give up, okay? You cannot do this in your own power. Now, all of this makes sense to me because this teaching in John 15 follows directly on from Jesus' teaching in John 14, which we looked at last week, which is His teaching on the work of the Holy Spirit, right? 
So these two things are absolutely connected. The promise of the Holy Spirit in John 14, and then this call that Jesus gives to us in John 15 to abide in Him, to follow His, to do His will, to follow His commands. These two things are intimately connected together. They're part of the same sermon. So if we were to divorce these two things from one another, we will miss the point. Jesus promises the power and presence and gift of the Holy Spirit, and then he teaches his disciples to abide in him, to follow him, to do what he commands. If you separate those two things out, you're lost. If you put those two things together, the promise of the Spirit and then power to abide in Christ and do what he commands, then you'll find, I think, the secret... um, the, the foundation of learning how to follow Jesus in strength and in power and in joy. Because Jesus says here that his intention for us is not to make our lives more difficult, but to fill us with his joy and to make our joy complete as we do these things. Okay, so as we rest in the Spirit, we trust in the Spirit, there will be a growth of joy. That's one of the key promises Jesus makes here. Okay, let's have a look now at what Jesus teaches. I think it's really very simple and very beautiful, and I want to resist the temptation to over-theologize this, overthink it, add too much extra stuff into it. Um, So let's just quickly recap what Jesus says in John 14. Now, I don't have this on the screen, so grab your Bibles, turn with me to John 14, and let's just read again what Jesus promises the Holy Spirit will do, okay? Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, John 14, he says, if you love me, keep my commands. Same thing he says in John 15, and if you desire this, then I will ask the Father, and he will give to you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Uh, Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you'll realize that I'm in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. We've got this Trinitarian theology. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me, the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Iscariot, a little helpful note there from John, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show us yourself and not to the world? And Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, my Father will love them and will come to them and make, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All of this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid." Okay, so friends, let's just call it out. What does Jesus promise the Holy Spirit will do? What did you pick up on from this passage? Anybody, just, just if you've got something, yell it out. What did, what did Jesus teach about the Spirit here? Someone help me. The Spirit will? Come on, guys. The Spirit will? 
Overcome the flesh, absolutely. The Spirit will do what else? Live within us. The Spirit will do what else? Advocate for us, absolutely. The Spirit will, come on, give us peace. The Spirit will give us joy. The Spirit will reveal truth, absolutely. The Spirit will do what else? There's so many incredible promises here. The Spirit will teach us, absolutely. The Spirit will remind us. Anything else? The Spirit will guide us. The Spirit will reveal Jesus to us. The Spirit will comfort us. And I love that, that language of being our advocate, like the one who fights for us, the one who presents uh, the case for us like interceding for us in accordance to the will of God continually, day and night. So we have these incredible promises. The Spirit will be in us and will reveal the Father to us, will reveal Christ to us, remind us of what Jesus said, will lead us into all truth, will teach us all things, will give us comfort, will fight for us, uh, will guide us step by step, will reveal the voice of the Lord, will give us joy, will give us peace. These are all the incredible promises of the Holy Spirit that Jesus teaches will happen in every single believer's life. Does Jesus qualify this? He does. He says, if you love me, you will obey my commands, right? So that's really just the description of what a disciple is, okay? A disciple is someone who loves Jesus and who desires to do what Jesus commands. I I can't get a, a, a more basic, simple definition of discipleship than that. So, if you're a disciple, that means you love Jesus and you want to do what he says. If that's the case, if that's what you want, if that's what you desire, then Jesus promises that in return, he's going to fill you with the Spirit, fill you with himself. The Father and the Son will make their home in you and he will work within you to lead you into all truth, to guide you, to help you, to strengthen you, to pour out his love and power and give you everything that you need to do what Jesus commands. Are you with me? That's your promise. And that is literally for you, not for just the righteous ones, not for just the special ones, not for the ones who get it right, who are able to keep themselves clean enough. What does Jesus say in John 15? You are clean because of the words that I have spoken to you. This is not dependent on us. We are clean because of what Christ has done, because of what he has spoken into us, because of his word in us. This is not about our righteousness, our goodness. Now, this is the problem that so many Christians feel like they're disqualified from this because they're not good enough, because they're not righteous enough, because they make mistakes. My God, we all make mistakes, don't we? None of us are good enough. None of us can boast. The point of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit is to help you where you are weak. Is anybody weak? Does anyone need help? Does anyone need some strength, some power? Yes, we do. That's why Jesus gave the Holy Spirit. It's not for the special people, it's for everyone. Well, in Christ, we're all special, we know that. But this is what we're called to rely on and walk in, and so this is what I'm trying to encourage us to step into together as a church in this season. So my first point, friends, my first very simple point is that you have to believe, I think if if you're going to walk in these things, if you're going to grow in these things, you first have to believe that they are for you. You have to have 
faith. Have faith that these words are for you, that these promises are for you, okay? If you want to walk in the Spirit, you have to say yes to what, the God, what God wants to do in you, that these promises are for you. In 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, Paul says that all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are, anyone know? Yes, and the amen is spoken by us. So the promises of God are yes, and we say amen. So God says, yes, I want to give you these things, and we say, yes, let it be done, right? So that's the position of faith. We, let's all just stand up right now. Come on, let's stand up. The Lord has said yes to you, that this is for you, and you have to say amen, I believe it. I have faith, okay? So what I want you all to do, I mean, if you're willing to participate in this, is I'm going to say all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes, and you're going to say amen. You ready? All the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes. Amen. Amen. Now let's close our eyes. And if you're comfortable, I invite you just to raise your hands or open up your hands. Get into a posture of surrender. That's what we do when we raise our hands. We say, Lord, like a little child, I'm reaching to you. Can you grab hold of me now? Can you grab hold of me now? I need you. Anyone wants to enter the kingdom of God, they need to do it like a little child. Just imagine yourself as a little child reaching up to your father to hold you, to pick you up, to embrace you. And what loving father would ever refuse to do that for their child? The child is standing there saying, pick me up. No father would refuse. No loving father would refuse. And we have a loving heavenly father. So, Father, we turn to you right now and we ask that you would remind us, embrace us, teach us, guide us, help us. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill each person here, just as Jesus promises you will. We say yes, we say amen, we say I believe this, I receive this, I have faith, Lord God. Come, Holy Spirit. Just minister to each person. Remind them right now, as Jesus said, that they are not orphans, that you are with them, and you'll be with them always, even to the very end. Yes and amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you can take your seats. Faith. So, friends, do you trust by faith that all that Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would do is available to you? Do you believe the Spirit is yours in Christ as one of His adopted sons or daughters? Do you believe the Holy Spirit will guide you? Do you believe the Holy Spirit will teach you? Do you believe the Holy Spirit will fill you? Do you believe the Holy Spirit will help you? Do you believe the Holy Spirit will comfort you? Do you believe the Holy Spirit will fight for you? Do you believe the Holy Spirit will grow His fruit in you? Come on, we can do better than that. Yes. Yes, we do, Lord. We believe. Help us in our unbelief. Amen. Amen. So, friends, we have taken a step of faith. Faith is often as simple as simply saying yes. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how it's all going to work out, 
But Father, I trust you and I say yes. I take one step, which the, the first step is a simple yes. So come Holy Spirit and honour what has been confessed here this morning. Now my second point, my first point was faith. My second point is friendship. In John 15, Jesus goes on to say, Abide in me, and I, I will be within you. I will enable you to produce fruit. If you love me, do what I command. The secret to doing what Jesus commands is learning to abide in Christ. But then he says these incredible words. I no longer call you servants. I don't call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. In other words, no master is going to reveal everything about what they're doing to a servant or a slave. Same word. But Jesus says, I don't call you servants. You're not servants. You're not slaves. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you what? Friends. I have called you friends. You are friends with Jesus. You're in friendship with Jesus. And I think what Jesus means about abiding in him, I think this is the heart of it. It's learning about how to grow in friendship with Jesus. Um, what Jesus is telling us here is that we've been invited, because we're friends, to know the master's business, to know what God is up to. That will be revealed to us. In other words, God will speak. You will hear the voice of the Lord. Now, no friendship can be sustained unless there's communication, right? Unless you're talking, unless you're communing with one another. Same in marriage with any friendship. If you don't invest in it through conversation, through communication, it will wither and die. In the same way, we've been invited by Jesus to have such a relation with, relationship with him such that we're able to communicate with him as a friend. And therefore, we're communicating with the Father as a friend. And that means the Father will reveal things to us. The Father will speak to us. Prayer is not just a monologue where we talk to God. Prayer is a dialogue where we speak, yes, but we also listen. And we learn to listen to the voice of the Lord. So, faith and friendship, and this friendship piece is about cultivating conversation with God, learning to listen to the voice of the Lord. And as Jesus has already said in John 14, which we've just confessed together, the Spirit will help us to do this, to hear the Lord, to uh, listen to God. He will reveal Christ to us. He'll remind us of everything that Jesus taught, yeah? So, um, this is the promise to us. Now, how many of you here could say this morning, that at some point in your life, you have heard the Lord speak to you. Anybody? There's got to be a few more than that, because if you're a Christian, that means that you have heard God speak to you, right? No one can come to the Father unless they hear Jesus calling them. That's what Jesus said. That means if you are a Christian, if you have faith in Jesus, that at some point in your life, you heard his voice call to you. That means every single one of you here this morning, if you believe in Jesus, 
If you follow Jesus, you have heard the Lord speak to you. And in one of the most profoundly life-transforming, life-altering ways in which, as you've heard God speak to you, He has called you to salvation, which has changed your whole life. Are you with me? So every person here who's a disciple of Christ has heard the voice of God. So, let me ask that question again. How many of you have heard the Lord speak to you? Come on, nice and high, let's see him. Nice and high. How many have heard the Lord speak to you? If you're a follower of Jesus, you have heard God speak to you. Okay, here's another one. Because God speaks to us in all kinds of different ways. Have you ever been reading Scripture and you felt like what you just read was just for you that day, that God has been speaking to you through Scripture. Anybody? As you've done your devotions, been reading, yes, lots of you. What about in a sermon? Obviously, in my sermons, you hear God speak all the time. (laughs) But at some point, I'm sure all of you have had an experience, been listening to someone teach the Word of God, uh, that you felt, wow, this is just for me, this is just what I needed to hear today. Anybody? So, yeah, you've heard the Lord speak to you. Um, What about in worship? We've been worshiping, we've been singing, there's a sense of God's presence in the room and you feel like the Lord is speaking. You may not know exactly what it is He's saying, but there's a sense of His presence, there's a sense of His voice. Maybe it is one of the lyrics really grabs you, uh, what you're singing really speaks to you, or it's just that sense of, wow, the Lord is in the room and I, I, I hear His voice. Anybody in the context of worship? Yeah, lots of you. What about if you've been out in creation and you've You've been on a hike and you get to the the pinnacle and you look out and you're just amazed at the glory of creation and you feel like in that moment God is there and God is speaking to you through uh, that moment, being out in nature, being out in God's creation. Anybody had that experience? Yeah, a whole bunch of you. What about um, an experience where you feel conviction? You know you did something wrong? And you feel a conviction of the Holy Spirit that you need, to, you need to deal with that. You need to set that right. Anybody? Experience conviction of sin? Yes, loads of you. What about um, you've been um, just sort of minding your own business and all of a sudden you feel like God is uh, reminding you of something or is nudging you to do something or nudging you to encourage somebody or pray for somebody? Anybody had that experience? Yeah, so that's the voice of the Lord. What about you've just been sitting quietly and you felt a sense of God's still small voice, um, just as you've been minding your own business, or maybe you're in prayer and devotion, and you feel like, yeah, the Lord is here with me, and it's, it's, not, it's not, you know, God writing some message in the sky, but it's a simple sense of His presence, or His peace, or His comfort, or He's encouraging you in some way. The still small voice of the Holy Spirit, anyone had that experience? Yeah, lots of you. So there are so many ways in which God speaks to us. Maybe you've also received or given a prophetic word or a word of knowledge. Has anyone ever given a word of knowledge here? Felt like God has given you something to give to somebody else? Anybody? What about, have you ever received one? Someone's come to you and said, hey, I feel like the Lord is saying this to you through me today. Anybody? Yeah, so the Lord speaks through His people, through the church, prophetic words, words of knowledge, uh, but all also in all these other ways. So, there's not one way to hear the voice of God. There are many, many different ways to hear the voice of God. And one of the things I've learned over the years is that each person will experience God's presence and God's voice in a slightly different way, that it will be unique, it will be unique to you. 
And part of the, the beauty of that friendship we enjoy with Jesus is learning to dial in to that unique way in which God wants to communicate with you. So sometimes giving examples of how I've heard the voice of the Lord, or you might hear someone else uh, speak about how they've heard the voice of the Lord in the past, can actually be unhelpful because you think, oh, well, I've got to hear it like that uh, in order for it to be valid. But in actual fact, God will speak to you in all kinds of different ways. Now, what we're going to do right now is a little exercise. Um, I was uh, praying the other day on my day off on Tuesday. I was out on the back deck and I was reading some scripture and I had a whole bunch of things on my heart, some things that were troubling me, some things I needed to deal with God and so I prayed for a few moments. Just a very simple prayer. I said, Lord, these are all the things that are on my, my, my mind. These are the things I'm wrestling with. I need your help. And as I did that, um, I sort of offloaded those things, gave them over to God. Now, I could have at that moment, when I'd said, Amen, just gone on to do something else, grab my phone or got on with other tasks. But instead, what I did was, after saying what I needed to say, I paused and I waited and just gave a couple of minutes to sitting in that space in silence and asking the Lord to speak to me. What do you want to say to me about these things? And in that moment, I had a very simple, gentle experience of God's presence. It just reminded me that He's with me and that He loves me. And my eyes got a little bit moist, but it was very gentle. I don't think the Lord said anything specific to me other than, I'm here, I'm with you, it's okay, you can rest. And this is what I want to encourage you. When you pray, now Jesus says, don't make your prayers complicated. When you, when you pray, go to your Father, say what you need to say, don't make, it, don't make it flowery, don't try to make it overly theological, just speak directly, ask for what you need, tell God what's on your mind. But I think the secret then to developing friendship with Jesus is not just to give God our shopping list of things that we're thinking about, that we're concerned about, but then to wait and to listen and to see if in that moment God has anything He wants to say. So what we're going to do right now is a little exercise, and I encourage you to engage in this um, very simply. Don't overcomplicate this. The first, I don't know if this is working, but did that work? Yeah. Let's, be, let's just take a moment, okay? Open up your hands. I, I, like to, I like to pray with my hands open because it's a posture of surrender and I think actually what I do with my body when I'm praying is important. My posture is important. So open up my hands and I say, Lord, I surrender. Now let's pause, friends, and... You may not feel anything, but just by faith, recognize that the Spirit of God is in the room. Take a few deep breaths. Breathe in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Friends, even now, God is with you. Even now, as you draw near to God, God is waiting to draw near to you.
Now, I'm going to pray this prayer. I encourage you in your heart to pray it with me. God, when I consider the works of your hands, I am overwhelmed. Well, we dedicated those babies this morning, the works of God's hands, beautiful. I'm overwhelmed. You are holy. And you have set me apart and sustained my life. All I have is gift. Everything I have is gift. And you have created a way for me to know and encounter you. Thank you, Jesus. God, when I think of you, I am humbled and changed. All glory, honor, and power are yours alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 8, verses 4 to 5. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? human beings that you care for them, and yet you do, Lord. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. So just wait there, pause there, close your eyes, and hold on to that promise. Praying Scripture is one of the most powerful things you can do. Hold on to that promise. Say, Lord, I thank you that you have crowned me with glory and honor. Just rest in that for a moment. Lord, who am I that you should care for me and yet you have crowned me with glory and honor? Wow. Now, take a moment with that promise in mind to deal with God for a moment. If there's something on your mind, if there's something troubling you, if there's something you need some help with, take a moment right now to present those things to God. Ephesians 4, 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Lord, we thank you that your power is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. This promise is for us now, forever ever. Amen. Friends, you belong to the one who is able to do far more for you than you could ever ask or imagine. Now, here's what we're going to do as we draw this to a close. And I've run out of time to do my third point, so I'm going to do that next week. Faith, friendship. That's okay for this week, I think. The fourth one is follow. Sorry, the third one is follow. We'll do that next week. But first, uh, before we finish up 
today, I'm going to invite the band to come up in just a moment. I want you just to rest here and now listen and say to the Lord, is there something that you want to say to me right now? Is there something that you want to bring to my attention? Now, when I do this, I often ask God a whole series of questions, because sometimes I don't hear anything, sometimes I do. But sometimes I find it helpful to ask a specific question. So, some of the ways that I tune in to the voice of the Spirit is that in this moment where I'll say, okay, Lord, is there something that you want to say to me now? Well, then what I, I might say, Lord, is there a passage of Scripture that you want to bring to my attention? Is there a memory? Is there something in my, in my past that you want to deal with, that you might want to draw to my attention right now? Um, is there a place that you want to take me, kind of in my mind's eye? Um, is there a person that you'd like me to pray for or to encourage in some way? Like sometimes in this space, the Lord will say, here's someone else that I want you to bless. Is there a promise that you want to call to my attention? Is there a challenge to something you want me to do? Is there some kind of sin in my life you want to deal with? Is there some conviction? Okay, so there's all kinds of different ways. So maybe if it's helpful, just kind of go through that list and see if the Lord speaks to you. Okay, so let's, let's dial it down, close your eyes again, and say, okay, Lord, in this space now, I believe that you're here. I believe that you're speaking. I believe that the Spirit is given to reveal Jesus, to remind me of his teaching, to take me deeper into Christ-likeness. Lord, is there something you want to say to me right now? Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your kindness, for your presence. I pray that you lead us on this incredible journey and keep helping us to go deeper and deeper into friendship with you, into fellowship with you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have been given by the Father and the Son to lead us into all truth and to empower us to do your will. So we receive that this morning, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that gift. We thank you for that promise. Stir it up in us. Help us to be men and women who do not quench the Spirit, who do not grieve the Spirit, but who make room for the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.